The Anchism Podcast, brought to you by our proud sponsor, Kixinto. As Canada's premium reseller of authentic sneakers, Kixinto offers free shipping in Canada and the USA. With a wide selection of the most exclusive Jordans, Yeezys, and other premium products, you can trust Kixinto for all your sneaker needs. Don't miss out on the latest drops and limited releases. Visit their website at www.kixinto.ca to shop now and step up your sneaker game. Today on the podcast, I have Michael Puraimo, the CEO of Breck Foundation. The Breck Foundation is a UK-based charitable organization established in the memory of Breck Bedner. Breck tragically lost his life in 2014 due to online grooming. His mother, Lauren Lafave, found the foundation with a mission to educate and empower young people to stay safe online. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. How are you doing today? Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, I, I am doing all right. Thank you very much for asking. Michael, talk to us about your own journey as a young person. And how did you come into the charity sector? Well, um, you know, when we were growing up, uh, internet was not something that we had to um, be bothered about. The, um, the street was dangerous enough. uh without people being able to bypass it to come into directly into our homes as it is today young people of today do not only have to contend with the street they have to contend with a worldwide web that was not built with them in mind at all so they have to um in those days you know our parents can just shut the door behind us and we're safe indoors it's when we go out that we might have risk be exposed to risks again but these days parents shut the door and you know the danger is right there in the bedroom of the kids in the hands of the kids so we we didn't have to deal with that and um we we were down on concerns at a time but these days it is ex- exceedingly important that young people keep kept safe and when we talk about online safety now it transcends so many things it's not just about you know uh, social media and things like that everyday lives the young people leave you know they don't have a choice they're digital natives their lives is shaped in the internet So um when I had a chance to come uh, into this role it was a no brainer because I have kids. You know, I have kids. I've seen how um the digital world has become you know um not a an option for them but a necessity. They have to use it otherwise they get left out not just socially but academically as well. There's so much they can do with um the internet. There's so much good, so much positive. But also with that comes the danger. So when I had the opportunity to come into this role with my background in organizational management and generally charity leadership, but also I have worked in various organizations in various capacities that involve working with children and young people as well in other areas. I saw an opportunity to come and do something to make sure that we reposition this organization for greater impact. um and uh, i joined actually just about over well just under 2 years ago now and i joined break foundation and since then we have developed a new 5 year strategy a new 5 year strategy has seen us reach more young people than ever before so we're very proud of that but there's still a lot of work to do 
that's the logo to do the internet is not going to slow down it's going to keep going and it's always a step a couple of steps as a matter of fact ahead of everyone that's involved in keeping young people safe on there so we need to catch up there's a lot of catching up to do and that is what we're committed to as an organization and that no, is what I, i'm committed to as a leader of this organization um, i absolutely agree with you michael and uh, children are not only unsafe on the streets they're also unsafe when it comes to the digital access that they have and i'm sure that as a father you might sometimes think when you're scrolling the internet when you're just scrolling through these instagram reels those these tiktoks of how much are these children exposed to at a very young age they do not have the emotional intelligence or the maturity or the experience to realize that this is not for them that's why kids have started acting like adults at a young age probably what you and me were at 13 and thinking of how we see the world without a lot of internet and compared to it now they are acting like full grown adults well i think you have you have a point there you know in a lot of ways um, the internet is robbing a lot of children of their you know innocence very early on they're being exposed to things that we were never exposed to at their age you know um like i said it internet has a lot of positives you know so we 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 have this uh, value where we say that we are um pro tech we're not against tech we want tech to be in the hands of young people because it has a lot of positives but at the same time we recognize that it has a lot of pitfalls and a lot of risks that we have to protect young people from So yeah, um the young people of these days have a lot indeed that they're exposed to and it is our job not just as individuals but as a, as governments as you know as parents as families as um, employers as all of us uh, in society really we have a duty to keep our children safe that is our primary responsibility and we must fulfill it and the internet is crucial um to doing that from what i have read about you michael uh did you move to england in the recent past in the last few years to be the ceo or were you based in england for a long time well i have been in england i think for um 17 years now 16 17 okay. yeah so um yeah i i came from nigeria my um, home country um to live in the uk and um it, since then i have uh, built my career in this trajectory leading to where i am today yes okay because in your bio i could read that you were the director of action for southern africa the successor to the british anti apartheid movement i thought that is based in south africa for some reason So no 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 that is that was based that is based in the UK. So it's okay. a UK organization that campaigns for um eradicating the legacies of apartheid in Southern Africa but doing it from an international angle. So we uh the organization when I was there and continues to be does not work on the Southern African soil. Um but rather it works for the advancement of Southern African issues, yeah. Definitely. But coming to Break Foundation When was the first time that you heard about the foundation in general or were you aware about this st- when was the first time you were made aware of Brex story and the foundation um when i applied for the job when i saw the job advertised 
Yeah, I didn't know about the organization. Break Foundation uh, developed organically, right? So Break's mother, and we'll come to Break's story later on. Break's mother identified a need for the organization and she set it up. But she didn't have, you know, the experience of running charitable organizations. She just had the passion. She just had the, uh, and this is very important, very exceedingly important. She had the, the, the purpose. She had the passion, you know, and then she had people behind her who wanted to, you know, volunteer to support it. And she started the charity right there um, on a kitchen table. Um, what then happened after that is that the organization continued to develop organically uh, until the point when it was recognized, OK, it reached a point where it needs to move more strategically. And a decision was then made to bring in a, a chief executive to help achieve that. And that's when I was brought in. Yeah, so it's um, an organization that previously was operating more like a um, local sorry charity organization, um, reaching the mostly around Surrey and then some parts of London and a few parts of the Southeast as well. But what we've done now is we've repositioned the organization as a national organization with our work now reaching way um, across all around uh, the country, really. Yeah. So the focus is based nationally and internationally, hopefully in the future now, where you can spread more awareness about the story of BRAC and more so what the foundation aims to achieve. Uh, now, Michael, and for the listeners, uh, this part is very tragic as we will be talking about the story of Breck Foundation. I am aware about it, but I would like to, I would like Michael to speak about it from an inside perspective because he has worked with the mother of Breck. Um, now, brother, uh, unfortunately, the death of Breck was an eye-opener, really, for the police, if you say, for the community, and for the need of actually developing something that tackles the issue. So, Michael, what was your first reaction when you heard that something like this, such a heinous, such an inhuman crime has happened? And uh, how did Breck become a victim of this? Well, like, like you said, it's a, an exceedingly tragic story, Breck story. You know, um, my heart always goes out to the uh, Bettner family, um, Lauren Lefebvre and um, her uh, Breck's father, um, Barry uh, Bettner, because, you know, they continue to carry that till this, till this day. Breck was a very lovely boy, you know, with a very bright future. Bragg had everything, you know, um, going well for him, for him, um, a family, um, a loving family, siblings, you know, that um, he, he was very happily um, living with. Um, Bragg was doing very well academically in school. You know, um, Bragg was good with technology, you know. Um, Bragg had dreams, you know. Bragg was in the uh, Navy cadet. Um, he had a lot of dream, he had a lot of promise. He loved playing games. Many children today do. 
you know, I love playing games. So there's nothing wrong with playing games. There's nothing wrong with loving, you know, uh, the love of games. But the danger of on the internet, the danger that can be online was not well known at this time. And Greg was making friends with people that he didn't know online. People he didn't know in real life. And he met a young man who at the time was only 17 years old. So a teenager himself. Um, they became friends, you know, um, his name is Lewis Dane. Lewis wanted to do everything he can to get close to Breck. He told a lot of stories that were untrue, that were later, you know, discovered to be untrue. Told a lot of things to try and gain the trust, the confidence of uh, Breck. They played together in a uh, private server. So it wasn't a games, gaming server that was owned by a corporation or anything like that. It was a private server set up by Lewis himself. And Lewis would always praise um, Breck and make him believe that he was gifted and that he had promised. All of which were true, but he certainly was not the person to help Breck to harness those uh, potential and promise. So um, eventually what happened was um, after Lewis had successfully gained the trust and confidence of Breck, he will do everything he can to separate him from his friends. You know, he will try to get him to uh, basically dissociate from his friends to go against the wishes of his family. How, was how, old, was, how old was Breck at the time? Breck was 14. Okay. Yeah, so it was, it was 13, and then it, it was 14 when he was very tragically murdered. So it, it, the grooming went for a period of a year, um, during which Breck's mother, Lauren Lafave, became suspicious that something was going wrong. And she confronted Breck, and, you know, by that time, Breck, Lewis had gained the trust of Breck in such a way that every time... Um, Lauren confronted Breck. Breck would go back and tell Lewis, and Lewis would tell Breck what to say and how to deal with it. <clears throat> and he was making Lauren out to be the bad guy, basically. And that continually drove, drove a wedge between Breck and his mother. Um, eventually, um, when it came to um, a, a place of serious concern, um, Lauren reached out to the school where Breck was going to say she thinks that Assam was being groomed. And amazingly, she recognized that as grooming. She knew that that seemed to be grooming because the signs of grooming were there. And she also reached out to the police. And the police suggested that she took away the tech, which she did. She took away Breck's computers. But unfortunately, that was a mistake because that drove the grooming underground. So, the groomer sent Bray a shiny new phone, and that became the secret. Now, whereas the grooming was happening in plain sight previously, well, sort of, it went completely underground, and nobody knew anything else that was happening. Until, very tragically, the day when Lewis invited Bray to his, um, to his flat, and Breck had told his family that he was going to stay with a friend, he was going to see a friend. 
But instead, um, Lewis has sent a taxi to pick him up and take him to his flat. There they met for the very first time. And very, very, very tragically, Brett was murdered. He never came out of that flat alive. So um, it became that tragic story, that tragic um, event became something that drove Breck's mother, Lauren, to set up the charity. Because while she couldn't save her own son, she believed that no other child, no other family should have to go through that, right? And very, I think, important point to make is that Lauren believed, and I honestly believe it too, that if Breck had heard, if he had heard his own story, if Breck had heard his own story, if he had been empowered on online grooming, it would be here today. The mother believed it. She believes it. And I do too, honestly, because it's a powerful story. A lot of young people, when they get exposed to the generic online safety class, you know, just see it as, oh, yeah, you know, another online safety class. It's just generic. It's, you know, we know more than these things. But when you speak about a true life story, when you speak to a story that young people can relate to, when they can see themselves in the story and they can see, oh, okay, I made that move just last week or last year. I did. I responded to a stranger just in the same way two months ago. You know, and stuff like that. They can see how their own actions, their own decisions online could have led to that same tragic outcome. But thankfully, it hasn't. And so they can relate to it better. And when we talk about break story in schools, we can hear, you can hear a pin drop just because the rapt attention with which young people listen to it is nothing like anything you can find while talking about talking generically about online safety. So it's an, a powerful story. And Lauren, you know, had the foresight to know that that was going to be the case, that that story, as tragic as it was and as, as sad an event as it is for them, you know, will make a difference in the life of uh, young people across the country and potentially across the world. So she set up the charity and the charity has been making a difference ever since. Uh, Michael, first of all, thank you for telling the audience, the listeners, about this tragic murder. And uh, a young life with a lot of potential was taken away from this world. Um, It is quite disappointing and no innocent life, no matter what situation, deserves to die. um, Or be murdered or uh, be taken their life away. Now, the establishment of now the you know the foundation of Prague Foundation when it was and it, it is very interesting to recognize how the mother Lorraine recognized that her son is behaving differently or is being groomed online and that's what a lot of parents or families or close ones cannot understand, you know. And just thinking about it in hindsight, she would have always had the feeling that I could have saved my son 
I could have saved myself and just the pure motivation of saving other people's children if she could not save her own is unbelievable and she is an example of a very very strong person a very very strong woman so more power to her now as you said that when you talk to young people about online safety they see see it as boring and see it as something that they are very well aware about and we talked in the beginning as well how children these days or young people these days know that they uh, they think that they know everything and i think as young people at our times we would have also been through that phase now what are the key initiatives and programs that the breck foundation offers to educate young people and parents about online safety michael yeah well um young people in a lot of ways they do know a lot because they've been you know trust right in 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 the face of it, lots of information so a lot a lot of young people know a lot but it's just that um you know there are certain information that they need to be empowered with the right kind of information and that is what our projects do right so break story like i said is very powerful so we find ways to convey it to young people that will make it interesting for them but at the same time punchy and you know um something that leaves them with long you know lasting empowerment or knowledge or information that they can use anytime they encounter difficulties online or um just risky situations one of the ways that we do this is we just go into schools you know we work with schools we just go in out break we deliver break story we talk to them about break story we talk to different age groups we tailor what we do to the age to the age groups so we uh for example don't tell certain age groups about how break died you know um but most of the age groups we don't tell them that um some we don't you know we 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 just tailor it in such a way to maintain sensitivity and make sure that um young people are learning what they need to learn at a particular age so that's one way that we do it we go into schools and we take a whole community approach right we believe that if you have eyes you have ears you can identify when something is going wrong when a child might be grown you know and we want people to be empowered that way so we take a whole community approach we look to train everybody and to reach everybody that we can whether they're teachers whether they're um dinner ladies whether they're um you know uh parents so we reach parents as well we deliver to parents as well and we we just deliver to everyone really that we can within schools and the other thing is we have a project we call game over and game over is a play it it's a play that has been written for break foundation by the award winning mark wheeler uh who is a playwright and the play uses the verbatim uh words spoken by the key actors in break story you know break's mom break's dad break's break sisters um his siblings break himself um lewis humor that break it uses the original words that they used in the line of the events of unfolding to retell the story in this really powerful way that totally grips the audience so we go into schools and we deliver that to all the kids 
um, and we have this way where we co-produce with the young people as well so that we deliver it in a way that the young people themselves make up the cast members for the play they get a period of training and you know uh, get a period of practice and then they deliver it to their whole school potentially uh, but also we've had situations where we've had parenting and other people within communities and we've done a gala event in the evening where we've had media present as well um, so that's one other way that we reach young people with a break story. More recently, we have developed and started delivering a new project we call Rise E2E, Resilience, Internet Safety, Education, End to End. And the idea of Rise E2E is that whereas our generic, if you like, um, program receives us go in and out of schools without sustained engagement, Rise E2E does the sustained engagement part of it. So it's not just that we go in and out, we go in, we identify where the young people we're working with are at that stage in their knowledge of online safety, uh, in their um, their behavior and attitude towards you know um, uh, the internet. And then we work with them over a period, usually over a year, uh, to empower them, not just on break story, but also on other areas like um, digital well-being or um, the um, areas like fake news, you know, misinformation, disinformation, for example, um, digital uh, citizenship, which is not just looking at how the online world impacts them, but how they, you know, can impact the online world with their own behavior online. So we, we do all of those things as part of Rise E2E, and then we're able to measure and see how are the young people we're working with, you know, changing their behavior as the project goes on, or their online behavior, but also how is their knowledge, their, their knowledge and online safety improving as we go along in delivering the project. Yeah, so these are ways that we reach, you know, young people. And we provide materials as well, resources that schools can use after we, we, we've come and gone, that they can continue to engage young people. Uh, we have that as well. But I think while those are the delivery element, what we do in terms of the frontline element of the work that we do, one very crucial element of the work that we do that we've really developed over the year, uh, over the last couple of years, has been our ability to influence government policy on these issues. So we do a lot of work on policy as well. Um, we engage parliamentarians on the uh, online safety bill, which has now been successful because it's now just, you know, received royal accent and has become the Online Safety Act. So um, those are the things that we do. We are an organization that has the possibility to not only be a national organization as we are currently um, uh, positioning ourselves to be, but it is an issue that transcends borders. So we have an opportunity really to continue to grow our work so that we can have an impact across the world, potentially. No, Michael, it sounds great, especially when you approach both parents, young people, organization, foundations, because everyone has families. Everyone okay. has young people around them. Everyone have has kids or people who are vulnerable to this situation so more power to the Breck Foundation and uh, the the things that they offer the initiatives that they offer to educate people now 
Michael how how weird do you feel when you see some of the people and we come across these videos on TikToks this full grown men full grown women who are in their 30s 40s 50s even even young people in their 20s messaging children and uh, you know there's more power to the people who actually catch them and are running these organizations or running uh these online education tools to make us understand of how a random person who just looks like you and me or anyone can be involved in doing this uh and you know you see videos on tiktok where you see that they uh this fake profiles or profiles that have been created to catch these people now what do you think about that sort of move and uh, do you see it as helpful do you see it as uh something that can be done in a better way well um generally there's been a um 82% rise in online grooming cases uh crimes that have been you know uh, looked at by the police um i think it's 84% actually um and i think 82% related to sexual um communication with a child so it is there are so many people online looking to harm a child there are so many people online looking to harm a child now that should not necessarily alarm parents because there are ways that we can try to keep our young people safe but it is important that we know what is out, what is out there nonetheless um it is very sad that people exist who just want to do that um you know but ultimately there are also tools like i say that we can use to keep young people safe things like um getting them to hear about break story things like um policy related things that governments can do that society can support like the online safety bill that has just been uh passed um you know but also things that others are, like seop for example are doing um child exploitation and online uh i think online protection that uh, that's the um, full meaning of that acronym are doing to investigate instances of grooming and to try and bring perpetrators to justice so yeah there are a lot of things that are being done so that should in many ways put parents and um, carers minds to rest um at rest but at the same time we do really need to recognize that these things are happening we have to wake up as a society to the fact that these things are happening and to actively look to protect the children and young people in our lives michael what would you suggest me if i am a parent and i have a 10 year old son or a daughter hmm. and uh, what are the things that i can be aware of as a parent when i give the laptop or the computer on the phone in their hand because if my child is going to the school uh he need they need a phone if they're traveling on public transport to communicate if they are reading their online courses or they're studying they need the laptop or the pc so, yeah. so how do i as a parent navigate through these challenges how do i control what the kids are exposed to when because when i was young i was also i also came across content that i shouldn't have at the age of 10 11 12 and internet was not big then it wasn't big in say 2010 
come to us with anything at all and that we can have those conversations that about things not just because of conversation about how bad things can be but conversations about the good ones as well if you have good conversations with them about the games they play the chats they have online that are constructive they will be okay to come to you about the chats that they have online and the encounters they have online that are not constructive so because they know you're going to partner with them in trying to find solutions i think those things are extremely important for um as, as an approach for parents and, and um, carers of young people to take as far as keeping the young people safe online is concerned ultimately there are little things that we can do as well that are helpful we can limit screen time that is very important um we can make sure that uh we have safeguards like parental controls and things like that to make things that young people are accessing age appropriate to them and uh, there are there are those things that we can do but ultimately those things are not infallible okay parental controls have limits of um, efficacy um or effectiveness um whether it's even if it's government policies and stuff like that legislation it has limit people always find ways around them you know many things you can do there are ways that people can find ways around them but the one thing that's hard for anybody to find ways around is the empowerment of their young child the child themselves so if we empower the children with the information they need and they have the trust and confidence to come to us and to report to us when anything goes wrong and to report to appropriate uh, platforms as well if they have the confidence and the tools and the uh, and information they need to do that then we will be you know we will have been doing everything that needs to be done and not just focused on the ones that are more policing uh policing by nature definitely it's very important to understand that we cannot only share the negative aspects with the kids because I I agree with you if I am a friend to my child they would be he would be or he sh- he or she would be able to you know talk their heart out uh, you know and yeah. you're right that if there are positive conversations or if I have engaged with them and played a certain game online with them I would know what are the conversations happening in the chat box I would know uh, and the child would know that okay I can come and speak to my father or my mother about the same so yeah. it, it it does help But now uh what are the criminal proceedings for these online inhuman perpetrators who are predators and want to engage in uh, unfortunately want to engage in sexual activity with these children mm. first of all I I can't even highlight how sick these people might be or how unfit uh they are to actually be a part of this community and you know you look at stories or you hear stories you're like can't believe someone who has own grandchildren and children is engaging in a certain thing someone who has a family uh isn't it sad it is it is absolutely it is very what, sad what are the criminal proceedings on uh and i you i know you spoke about the online protection bill uh that helps children and then supports them and empowers them so you know but the kids should be aware if they are in a situation if someone's blackmailing them or if someone's grooming them and they you know as we said that kids are aware of the dangers as well so what are the criminal proceedings for those people and uh, should they be even more stronger 
Well, um, certainly the online safety bill is going to go a long way in helping with that, um, which is the Online Safety Act now. Um, the Online Safety Act puts the burden, if you like, on the platform providers, so the big tech companies and small tech companies, to make sure that they uh, make sure that the platforms are safeguarded to protect children and young people. You know, so they have a duty of care placed on them and the punishment can be very serious, including punishment directly to the CEOs or the leadership of those organizations. So we hope that in the first place, you know, the first as a first line of defense, sort of, uh, that platforms will take their responsibilities seriously. Tech companies will take their responsibilities seriously and begin to design their platform in a way that puts protection of children and young people um, at the peak, uh, at the uh, give it the priority that it that it deserves. Now, I won't say that, where perpetrators, what we want to do, what a Break Foundation, what we're most concerned about a Break Foundation is making sure that it doesn't get to the point where, you know, investigations are needed, where um, it's become a crime, right? So we want to prevent it from happening in the first place. And that is the most important thing that we can do as a society and we can commit ourselves to. But those people deserve to be caught as well, Michael. Even yeah. if we prevent it, those people deserve to go to hell if i'm being polite so we 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 prioritize as an organization uh, the prevention aspect but there are organizations who prioritize the other aspect and that is it's exceedingly important so where the crime has been committed then where what we tell parents to do is to report to see up for example right the child exploitation um online uh, protection uh, center right report to them they have a team of people who are investigators including police officers and they will follow it up and they will investigate even if the grooming is still at the early stages they will investigate and if they identify through their investigation the person and the individuals behind the keyboards that are trying to groom children and young people they will take action and of course the full extent of the law will kick in which will usually include um uh imprisonment for the ones that um the cases warranted so yeah um it's a spectrum of things that need to be done from what we do as an organization a break foundation which is the prevention to prevent it in the first place to the you know implementation of the full um provisions of the law which the police do and which seop um, is the one we normally recommend that parents report to so that um i think with those two things in place we still we still really always should want the prevention to happen because we don't want young people to go through that so if we can prevent it from happening to young people at all then that should be our priority but ultimately where things do happen and without that you know they they do happen and they will be happening we need to have robust processes in place as a people as a society governments need to be you know on top of it with with laws that are adequate um but yeah there are definitely existing mechanisms already for that and they are actively being used and many people have been caught in that process that's how we know the um uh, figure of 84% increase that I mentioned earlier in grooming offenses that have been investigated by the police so it's because that work is happening and it's an exceedingly important work that it is be- it is extremely important michael but it's sad that there are so many cases that do not come into the limelight that do not 
get investigated because there are limited sources with the police with the foundations with people who are against it and uh, unfortunately there are situations or people that never come to light uh, yeah there are some there are some that even never get reported at all so that's why we're encouraging young people to be reported and we have this thing that we call you know um screenshot um uh shut down screenshot report you know where you think somebody's trying to groom you somebody's approaching you in ways that indicate signs of grooming you know shut it down immediately stop the conversation screenshot the conversation that's already happening as evidence so that you can provide it to the police or whoever you're you're reporting it to then report it straight away and you can report through the platforms you can report directly to see up like i said so um it's very important that young people have the confidence to report when something is happening because if they don't report it nobody can investigate it and then it goes beyond what has happened to them to what then happens to many other young people in the future so it we we always encourage young people it is one of our primary objectives when we talk to children and young people that they shut it down shut the shut it down screenshot where it's possible report uh those three things yes definitely uh michael and i'm sure that through this conversation people who are listening young people parents community people who live in this society would be able to educate them further yeah. about the same now being the ceo i'm sure that there are several different challenges and several different situations that you come across are there any success stories where you have you know prevented online grooming from happening and would you like to share those examples well it's a it's quite a common thing that when we go into schools we get uh, disclosures that as young people get so moved so touched by the story by uh, and they, they recognize that it is a very serious matter that they begin to tell not just us but even after we're gone they tell their teachers about instances of potential instances of grooming or suspected instances of grooming that are happening to them so we get a lot of that very recently we had uh, we went into a school and a young man um heard break story was moved by it and then he recognized some of the signs in what was happening to his own older brother it went home and it raised an alarm and truly it was followed up by the school and we were brought in and everything and it turned out that it was an active grooming case that was in progress you know and so that it's that powerful break stories that powerful in being able to you know um inform people educate people and get them to see things that otherwise they may not have uh, recognized as uh, indicative of grooming happening so we we we've had that case more recently but generally our work has reached over 150,000 people since we were set up you know ch- children that is we've reached well over 150,000 now we have a lot more to go you know a lot more to do we need the resources to be able to do that and we are constantly looking for resources and getting resources and doing it but we've made that 150 is still a very significant number you know that those are young people who are being empowered young people who will make better decisions online young people who in themselves have the tools like that young man i just talked about have the tools to also help other young people if they notice signs of grooming so there is a ripple effect as well that more people through the young people that we reached will benefit uh we've reached many many parents uh thousands of parents we've reached thousands of um teachers 
we used we used uh, hundreds, I would say, of police officers because um, we also train police officers as well, you know, and many others that we work with. So our work is exceedingly important, and we are always looking for opportunity to deliver break story wherever we can, not just to children and young people, like I say, but also to anyone in the community because we take that whole community approach. Definitely, um, and thank you, Michael, for doing that. But something that we did not highlight was what is, what are the, what 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 are the things that these online perpetrators? What are these things that these online predators try to do and talk about to gain the trust? Is there a specific pattern that you have noticed when you have come across so many uh, young people and children? Hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. The 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 goal is always to gain the trust of the young person. You know, um, it would mean lying to the young person about who they are. You know, um, it would mean you know praising the young person, showering praise on them, making them feel like they're special. You know, um, it would mean you know um, asking young people to do things that ordinarily you know um they shouldn't be doing but there's a promise that if they do it there's a reward at the end of it you know and things like that so it, it's luring children with a lot of things that otherwise young people may not get and um with, with lewis for example he told breck that he you know was a high-tech individual in the USA, even working with the US government, with um, um, FBI, I think, I believe it is, he said he was working with the FBI and that he was such an important person uh, in the um, cybersecurity space um, and that um, he was quite well to do as, uh, you know, houses, as cars and things like that as a business, a very thriving, you know, um, tech business and things like that. And he also showered, you know, break with praise and told him about um how much potential he has. So he's saying that he sees break being able to take over his, his company and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Michael, do you feel that because in today's day and age, children using digital world or being immersed in it there's a lot of loneliness and there's a lot of need for that validation when you know young people are posting like 13 year olds are posting with expensive bags expensive clothes hoodies jackets uh shoes uh so it also attracts these people and also you think about it that they take advantage of the fact that there is a lot of loneliness when you engage in the world too much online well we have this slogan that we use when it comes to um, children and young people online and that is play virtual live real play virtual live real and the idea of it is yes you can play online you can engage online but your real world your real life has to be a priority you know your friends offline should be priority your activities offline you know whether it's swimming whether it's football whether it's you know whatever it is that you do um individually or with teams uh then it is exceedingly important that those are priority we do all of those things but yeah you're right there is the element there is the pressure to uh live up to certain uh hypes and certain ways that people um demonstrate 
online that suggests that if you're not leaving to that way, you know, you are left behind. So it's, it does make children susceptible to online grooming in that if they're promised some of those things, if they're promised exposure, if they're promised, you know, items that otherwise they may not easily be able to get, they may feel the need to compromise on, on their own privacy and to give out information or do things online that um, otherwise they won't be doing. So yeah, it's um, it all still boils down to you know what we do as a society to keep our children safe. You know, not just like I said, doing the very you know routine stuff like the um, you know the parental controls or uh, limiting tech time and things like that, but also what we do in giving young people the confidence to believe in themselves, the confidence to not seek validation outside of themselves, you know, and all of those things that we often talk about, but bringing them into focus as relates to online safety. So that we have the tools, you know, to empower young people and to keep them safe. True, Michael, that's, that's absolutely true. And uh, all the young people listening to it, you are special and you do not need people who are unknown to you and who have ulterior motives uh, you do not need to seek validation from them you have family you have friends you have people who care about you and whenever you feel alone speak to a you know speak to someone who's a mentor who you know in real person uh, and it's when when i say that fact it's unfortunate as well that some of the groomers are people you know i know i know there's a focus on online safety but some of the children who go through grooming or are abused are also abused by people who know them who are close in the inner circle and that's a way of gaining trust as well because you know they sit with your parents they know your family they know uh, you know they're friends with you so yeah it's a hard one but you know uh, always seek validation from yourself uh, tell yourself that you're important just because you're not posting uh, a, f- a photo of a jordan in an expensive outfit it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter you are special you will be special speak to people who you can trust do not oh. trust strangers online uh michael yeah. what would your last message what would your final message be to the young people listening to the people listening to this podcast um, yeah, um, I think it is very important that they know the science of grooming. You know, it is very important that they're able to keep themselves out. There is a lot of information on our website, you know, www.breckfoundation.org. Um, I will encourage parents, young people to go on there. There's resources that they can use. Um, I think um, ultimately, like I said before, educating young people is key. It's their final line of defense. Empower yourself as a parent, as a young child, as a young person, empower yourself because the information you have within you is always gonna be there with you. Sometimes the parental controls and all the things that other people can put in place will not be sufficient in certain circumstances or certain situations. But the information that a young person has within them to keep them safe, that will always be there to be activated. Now, I would just finish up really by saying, it is important that you know slogan i talked about earlier you know play virtual libre 
I think it is really important because it, it, that can stick in people's head. And just to remember, ultimately, ultimately, your real friends, your true friends, are the ones in the real world, not the ones online. People pretend to be what they're not online. A lot of things that we see online are not true. A lot of things that even the influencer culture, you know, that has taken over um, a lot of in the internet. Some of it are not true. People go to polls in front of homes that are not theirs, you know, and stuff like that, just to give an impression uh, that is not correct, that's not accurate. You know, so whatever you see online, you cannot validate it. The only thing you can validate is what you can see in the real world. So we encourage young people, play virtual, engage with the virtual world because it's useful, it's your world, you know, it's your digital natives and there's a lot of positives in it but ultimately live real